You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Look, I know I point my fingers at white people a lot, you know, say they do some bad things, but honestly, you got to give them credit. White people have made great strides in being racist, right? Like they are always on the cutting edge of racism technology. And that's why I want to welcome you to the Griot Daily, the only podcast that'll tell you what's in the future of white supremacy. You know, one thing is we're always talking about the stuff that is going on, but we rarely look to the future. We are always taken by surprise when white people start doing stuff, right? Like, like who would have guessed five years ago that they would have taken the word woke and turned it into something bad? Right. Who would have thought that? Right. Like, you know, we were making hit records. Erica Badu was telling y'all to stay woke. Stay woke. Childish Gambino was. We weren't thinking about like when white people hear about this. I, you know, I was the co-host of a podcast like five years ago called the Stay Woke Show. But, you know, we weren't thinking about the future. We weren't looking toward the future. Like, you know, critical race theory thing came out of nowhere. You got to be honest. We know white people weren't taking a critical race theory class, even white lawyers in law school, right? Because critical race theory is not like a mandatory class for even graduate level law students, right? So it's just something white people made up, but we we never saw it coming. Like they, they got us with that one. Y'all, that was a good one, right? So today what we need to do is Let's see what's on the horizon. Like, what's next? What is the thing that white people are going to demonize or misconstrue or turn into a villain next? Well, I've been, you know, talking with my research team and, you know, we've been doing some calculations. We've been doing some investigative journalism, going into the labs where white people make up whiteness and do their white recipes. So we've discovered a few things. The first one is uh, something that I've written about. You're going to start hearing this, right? So there's two kind of connected phrases, culturally relevant teaching and social emotional learning, right? So culturally relevant teaching is basically it's a pedagogy that teachers or educators use to essentially be more efficient educators. So for instance, if you were a black kid in an all black class, ain't nobody in your class named Dick and Sally. So you might, a culturally responsive teacher might say, hey, we're gonna just change the names in this story that I'm going to teach to, you know, Jamal and Keisha. Or they might do something like, instead of teaching about history through the lens of whiteness, right? You might teach a little bit more black history, not to negate any of the stuff that you've taught in the past, but to make education more relevant to the culture of the people that you're teaching. That's culturally relevant teaching. Well, that's going to be next, right? That's going to be, because first of all, you got to admit it got the same initials as CRT. Oh my God. I don't know how long we got for culturally relevant teaching. And it's important because it's not just important for black kids or non-white kids, right? It's important for white kids who are in the class with non-white kids to be educated sometimes for things that are not just from a white perspective, right? They need to appreciate and value other cultures. But I don't know how much time culturally relevant teaching has because, you know, I've, I've covered stories in South Carolina and Richland County 
in Berkeley County, South Carolina, the president of the Moms for Liberty chapter of Berkeley County, you know, she went before the South Carolina state legislature and she said, literally, critical race theory, sometimes known as culturally relevant teaching, is not a pedagogy. It's not a educational tool. She said it's a worldview. So, you know, I don't remember how much time that has left. And that's the same thing with social emotional learning, right? Like you can't just learn facts. You have to learn how to relate to people. I've heard this mother protesters, white women protesters in Alabama, who's lumping that in with diversity, equity, inclusion, and critical race theory and social emotional learning. All of that's under the same umbrella now. And that's one of the things that you're going to start hearing about. What else is on the future for white? Oh, we've already heard about diversity, equity, and inclusion. What is the next critical race theory? Like, what else will they come out and say? Well, you have to also look out for this catchphrase that you're going to be hearing in a lot uh, in the coming days called classical education. We've done a podcast. Just go back and look at it. What the classical education is, is the opposite, basically, of culturally responsive teaching it is like we want to teach you how white people learn and that's going to be pushed a lot right because it sounds like classic like classic coke classical music classical rock classic stuff people love class who doesn't like classics in this case you know classical rock classical music it always means white some of the other stuff that is on the table for white people in the future is the word white people so you're going to start hearing people push back against the use of the phrase white people, right? Like white people do not like to be called white people. And it's going to become a thing in the coming days and months, especially around election time. And then the phrase white supremacy, if you want to put that one in there too, because we've already seen them pushing back on the definition of white supremacists because they want to make it into this intentional, big, exploded kind of racism instead of a system that ensures that white people have control over the economic, social, and political environment. Now, nah, that's white supremacy. But they want to make it into, like, you know, supersized racism. It's racism with more racism. And the same is true with just white people, right? They're going to be pushing back against the use of the word white people when they'll talk about the black vote. They'll talk about the black church. They'll talk about, you know, black on black crime and black cities and black neighborhoods. But, you know, you can't say white people anymore. Same is true with the white nationalists. Now, white nationalists, they're doing something different with white nationalists than they're doing with white supremacy and white people. What they're saying is, well, why wouldn't someone want to love their nation? So they're embracing white nationalists and trying to do a loop-de-loop with that one, trying to make it a good thing. And that people who are white nationalists are just patriots they love the troops they love america so look out for that in the future and you know there are some laws that we'll see they won't stop at voter id laws right or gerrymandering there's some new tricks that they have up their sleeves so look for what they call financial based gerrymandering because when you engineer a system that is where white people earn more money or have more wealth than any other race right then you can gerrymander not just according to race, but according to income. And the other thing we know is that like uneducated white people tend to vote Republican. So we're going to see those things pushed through the education system. One of the things that's on the future for white people is that being dumb is cool. Critical race theory, you shouldn't be learning about black history. You got to be dumb. 
on that. You got to be dumb on the history of the gay movements. You got to be dumb on science like climate change. You got to be dumb on stuff like English. You should only be learning Shakespeare. So being dumb is on the future for white people. This is kind of like when the NFL looks at the season and kind of bets on who's going to make the playoffs before the season begins. I'm just looking at the roster and making my projections. And so you have to remember that this is what we do on this podcast. We use the available data to explain how things are going to be in the future. Like for instance, in the future, I know that you're going to subscribe to this podcast. I know that you're gonna download that Creole app. I know that you're gonna tell a friend about it. And I know that in the future, like two seconds from now, I'm going to give you a black saying. And today's black saying is, I believe that whiteness is the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. We'll see you next time on the Griot Daily. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review, download the Griot app, subscribe to the show, and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcast at thegrio.com. You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network. Black culture amplified. The 80s gave us unforgettable songs from Bob Marley, De La Soul, and Public Enemy. I'm a black man, and I can never be a veteran. Being Black, the 80s is a podcast docuseries hosted by me, Torre, looking at the most important issues of the 80s through the songs of the decade. A decade when crack kingpins controlled the streets, but lost their humanity. You couldn't be like those soft, smiling, happy-go-lucky drug dealers. You had to suppress that. It was a time when disco was part of gay liberation. It provided the information to counter narratives that were given to gay people by the straight world. This is the funkiest history class you'll ever take. Join me, Torre, for Being Black the 80s on the Griot Black Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts.